everybody. Welcome to D-Bronx Podcast 2022 Off-Season Edition. My name is Austin. I am joined here with Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, good evening. Good evening. And Ian? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing as well as can be expected. It's uh, February 23rd as we're recording this. It's been a little while since we've had a chance to really dive in and do a, a, a podcast but we are still here we're still alive we're still diehard broncos fans um for any of you that may have been wondering so uh there's been a lot that's happened obviously a lot of things have happened uh, we've hired a whole new coaching staff uh you know obviously our last podcast was in the middle of the season so we've had games come and go um free agency's about to start draft is coming up so there's quite a few things we want to talk about so this this episode is really just going to kind of be an over kind of an overview of, of all those things um, up to this point. So um, the first thing we'll start with, of course, since we haven't had a chance to talk about it, is just kind of our thoughts on the end of the season, kind of 2021 season, how it ended, um, what ended up coming of that and just kind of our just general thoughts on uh, the 2021 season. And uh, Ian, I just kind of want to get your pulse. Uh, any, any major takeaways from uh, 21 20, or yeah, the 2021 season or how it ended. Well, obviously it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but uh, no, it did just, not. Basi- just basically wasted offensive talent. Um, other than yeah. our running backs, I think our running backs did well, especially Pookie Williams, Pookie. and I think, and I think, yeah, I think, and obviously, I think uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, hold on to the ball a little bit better, but I think he did a very good job this year. Obviously, he certainly runs well. He certainly runs, runs well. very good. It was probably yeah. the best he's ran his entire career. Just you know, you know, he looks more fluid than he had in years past for sure. Right, just the fumbles at the five yard line that got to stop. It kind of, it's yeah, kind of, it's just kind of time, the timing of them, the timing, right? Of them is what's bad. Um. I like what I saw from the, I like what I saw from the defense. Um, quarterback play, obviously, that's our biggest hole. Uh, neither Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke really proved that they're going to be the guy for the future. So, yeah. Um, obviously, we're mar- we're in the market for a quarterback, and you know, obviously, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't really want to draft endless one. Endless market for us, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it really, just an endless market since, really, since John L. I mean, John L. We loved except for the, you know, the random time we had Plummer and, and then, yeah, uh, but even those were short, short term, short term. You know, Brian Greasy yeah. was decent, but never yeah. showed to be a long term. Plummer, short term, never got us over the hump. Manning was the guy, but late, late part of his career. Four years. Yeah, you, so. yeah, yeah, late. Yeah, late. I mean, that, that last that last year. I mean, he couldn't throw a ball fifteen yards, and it looked like he was throwing a basketball. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really didn't An outlet pass. It was not great. It was we saw it fall off. He didn't have the 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 Brady end of his career. Um, mm. But uh, where he threw for fifteen hundred yards and forty four touchdowns. The guy's insane. And then randomly just quit. He's coming back. He's um back. he's coming back. He's you know, he'll be there till he's fifty. <laughs> we know yeah, for true. sure. But uh, you know, just you know, each season we kind of got a little bit better. But yeah, we need to get a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know how 
the coaching staff, and we'll talk about this later, how the coaching staff's going to work with Drew Locke because he's the only, well, Bridgewater is now a free agent, and there's free, only yeah. yeah, and only one year under contract is Drew Locke. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what what, uh, what happens with Drew Locke under a new coaching staff. So that's basically what I got to say about the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Kevin, what about you? Got any other uh <laughs> Well, listen, it, 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 it's Groundhog Day, you know, when you're a Broncos fan. Uh, it is. <laughs> this is uh, five, what, five or six straight years out of the playoffs. Um, you know, last year was pretty typical, you know, of, of the Broncos over the last half decade. We lost a ton of games. We probably should have, could have won. Uh, uninspired offense. We've had, um, you know, every ball bounce in the opposite direction for the most part. Yeah. I mean, the, the team has just, it's so mediocre. Um, it just, it, it's its difficult to find inspiration. You know, right now we're, we're, we've got a whole new coaching staff in and, and if naturally you, you, you want to feel good about the, anytime you bring in some some new coaches and maybe we finally gotten it right but you know the big issue with us as we've talked about in past pod podcasts is ownership and I think you know if, if we can get ownership um, to come in and get a good owner good leader who can really instill uh, the right type of culture in that building unless that happens fellas I, I think we're just doomed for more mediocrity. Uh, the Broncos, prior to 2017, the Vance Joseph era, and it didn't get any better with Fangio, were one of the most winning franchises in the NFL. Uh, eight Super Bowl appearances in, in the last 40 yeah. years. Um, and we never had back-to-back losing seasons since the early 70s, and, and now it's uh, habitual. So, you know, the biggest concern I have as a Broncos fan isn't so much who's going to be the quarterback or the head coach, who's going to come in and own the and take over the reins and try to steer this franchise in the right direction. Because right now we're mm-hmm. rudderless, uh, and I'm just very anxious to find out what's going to happen this offseason with ownership. Joe Ellis will be gone, thank goodness. But I yeah, think mm-hmm. it's going to take some time um, for us to get this ship righted. Broncos have a rich history, great fan base. I'm optimistic in the long long term if we can get the right owner. So we shall see. Agreed. Yeah, I'll uh so my, I mean just just my I mean couldn't yeah, I definitely agree the leadership, I mean it all starts from the top. It it's trickled down from the top. If you have bad ownership uh which we've had ever since or absentee, you know, we've had absentee heart. ownership. Yeah, absence. Bless his heart. Ever since Bullen's mind started to yeah. uh, deteriorate, mm-hmm. um, and then it's you know obviously was no longer in his boat or his uh, you know area of he wasn't the one running the team anymore, and that's when we saw the fall off. So it, it starts at the top, and man, we were blessed to have you know arguably the best owner um, in sports um, for yep. so long. So we were lucky, l- certainly lucky to have him. Um, so yeah, we need to get a good owner. That's for sure. Whoever's going to be running the day-to-day operations, organization stuff of the team, it's got to be someone who is a good, strong leader, and do- and doesn't settle for 
losing or settle for making money even, you know, mm-hmm. um, th- that can't be the, the lone goal. So, uh, but as far as the, the actual season, um, man, it was just the, the way that I think about it is just like, there was bright spots among just like a muddied mess of a team. You know what I mean? Like, man, I'm excited about Patrick Sertan as an example. Mm-hmm. He ended up being great. Now, you know, everyone can make the argument of whether or not they should have taken a quarterback at number nine. Obviously, Mac Jones ended up being pretty good, and uh, Justin Fields is still kind of an unknown. So you can still you can make that argument. But man, I've been real happy with what we've seen with Patrick Sertan so far. Um, you still have bright spots, and you know, like you said, Ian Pookie Williams and the running game overall was fairly good for the most part. Now it would yep. unfortunately it would kind of go dark at times. Um, at, at inopportune times for sure. But that was the, the offense as a whole, you know, we'd have games like the Dallas game and then we'd have <laughs> games like the Cleveland game. And it's like, <clears throat> there's oh, zero yeah. consistency with, with the offense. But of course that's been, that's been the, the tale for a while, know, like that last half decade, you know, ever since, uh, well, even <clears throat> more than a half decade, because even, even 2015, the offense was, was a weak point. Um, Overall, yeah. Um, we got great depth at receiver. I'm glad we signed Sutton and Patrick. Uh, Judy needs to step up, man. I'm. You can blame the quarterback all you want, but at some point you got to be you got to be making yourself open and 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 I you know looking just I I did I've watched more film this past year than I probably have in a long ever I would say ever. And, uh, and I think part of it is, is the way that the coaches were teaching route running and stuff because it was like all the receivers doing the same kind of idiot idiocracies and just things that didn't make any sense as a receiver, uh, in, as, as far as route running goes, I'm not going to dive into all that, but it wasn't just Judy doing it. It was Patrick and Sutton and, and, and it, you know, so that to me, it looks like it probably fell on the coaching staff and, and how it was coaching. And, and I've heard it said, uh, in, Forgive me if I'm butchering the term, but like, um, if if you're not coaching it out of somebody, you're allowing it. And so if you yeah. co- if if these bad habits <clears throat> exist across the entire wide receiver room, and they're not coaching those things out of the wide receivers, then there's an issue. Well, know? not encouraging um, as we did retain our wide receivers coach, Zach Azani. Zach Azani, yeah, and and yep. that we'll get into the coaching staff too, and kind of our thoughts on that but uh yeah obviously still don't have a quarterback <laughs> and I mean, what i was gonna last <clears throat> go ahead what i was gonna say is <clears throat> i think jerry judy ran more yards behind the line and jet sweeps that they never oh my used. gosh <laughs> that they never yeah, used. i've never seen someone have so many late fakes uh behind the line of scrimmage they're like hey uh, we're, we're gonna pretend we're gonna do what tyreek hill does with the kansas city chiefs but we're never going to give the guy the ball. Yeah, I people. I'm sure teams just started ignoring it at a point. Oh, of course just they don't did. even worry like, about yeah, it. Let him go. He's just out there. I think yeah, he's out. I think he hit his head earlier. He's just out there running behind the line. It's just yeah. They trying to use him as a decoy after that injury, and it was just I don't, again. Yeah, coaching. So stuff. I'll jump in on well, Jerry on. Judy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So just while we're on Jerry Judy, I gotta love the guy's route running. Uh, he's yep. just so gifted athletically. Obviously, the big issue with him has been consistency 
in catching mm-hmm. the ball. And that yes. that's fairly important for his that's position. Very important. Uh, but if you look back at that draft class, you know, several players went behind him, wide receivers. This is going to be a little bit painful, guys, but we passed on Justin Jefferson, (laughs) T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb. Now, (laughs) now, Henry Henry Ruggs went ahead of Judy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'd rather have Ruggs at this point than Judy. No, no, no. I won't go that far. But uh, he has been, in my mind, a colossal disappointment relative to his draft position and certainly relative to the receivers that went after him. So, you know, I think the third year uh, with a new system and hopefully a little more innovative play calling, uh, maybe we can bring, bring out, you know, Judy's real talent. But he's no threat to be a number one receiver on this team anytime real soon. I don't know what they do with him. You know, I think slot is probably going to be his path in the NFL long run. But, man, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be tough. you got to have great character, and you've got to be able to catch, you know, you the ball, to, tough you balls. You have dependable hands if yeah. you're going to play in the slot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm certainly not out on Judy. I think he's still got all the talent in the world. And you yeah. got. I think with anytime you draft someone that high, you got to at least give him that third year. That's kind of the way that I think it, and it, and we've seen the flashes of it enough times that, uh, and you know, in his defense, if we're going to create any kind of a defense for him, um, those other receivers have have had far more productive quarterbacks throwing him the ball too, so obviously that's going to play a role. <clears throat> um, that doesn't mean that Judy has been as productive as he should have been uh, with the quarterbacks that he has had because we've seen those drops and. Uh, and seemingly plays taken off and things like that. Um, But those other teams obviously do have better quarterback play uh, to this point. So, um, yeah, so we're still obviously in the quarterback situation. We kind of knew going into last season, neither Bridgewater or Locke are the guy. Uh, It was, was, in my eyes, kind of the epitome of a bridge year uh, at the position for me. Um, I know some people were like, hey, Locke still has a chance. I, I was kind of out on I was of the camp. And I know there are people that are, uh, were of the opposite camp of like, hey, may as well. Uh, but th- I think one of the problems is we've just treated him like a number one pick. And he was never a number one pick. We passed on him three times before we drafting him in the second round. I think that, that says a lot about what we thought about him even in the beginning. Um, but we tried to force it and we're in this position. And we passed on Justin Herbert. Internally, there's a lot of people in the Broncos uh, organization that really wanted Justin Herbert, but we decided to ride it one more year with, you know, what we had. And obviously, that Justin Herbert. Are you talking about uh, the Bills' quarterback, Josh Allen? Josh Allen was the year before. Justin Herbert came out after Josh well, Allen. Well, Both we, years. Well, we definitely passed on Josh Allen. We had the number five overall pick, and we took Bradley Chubb. Josh Allen was on the board. Uh, yes. Herbert J- wasn't Justin on the board. Justin Herbert, we, we had no shot at him. Unless we no, traded so, up. So what I, what I heard is people were high on Justin Herbert to trade up to get him. Not to get him where we were at. But the problem is we never go all in on a quarterback. Even... Even Locke was a second round pick. Like we, we went were, all we, in on Paxton Lynch. 
<laughs> traded up for him. Yeah, yeah. That's and by a, the way, do you see he just got drafted by like the Michigan drafted Panthers. USFL. His his career is alive. He's in like the third or fourth fourth uh, professional league at this point. You know, I don't think we're going to see another uh, you know like a Kurt Warner story. You know, out of him coming back to the NFL triumphantly. Oh God, that pick just bothers the heck out of me. Principle, listen, you you can miss on a, the on, worst a, on a you can miss on a quarterback. It happens all the time, including in the first round. Yeah. All the time, right? It does. But compounding that mistake, and I'm and I'm punching my fist on the table as I say this <laughs> gently. Compounding that mistake was the year after we took Justin Lynch. And we see we took him in twenty Paxton. I'm sorry, Paxton Lynch. Was it 2016, right? 2016. 2016. Right. And in 2018, Josh Allen was sitting there for us at the fifth pick. And a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, mock drafts, I mean, (laughs) from memory, it was like 70% of them had us taking Josh Allen at number five. Mm Big, strong-armed yep. quarterback. I remember that. The type of guy that Elway usually likes. Um, yeah, that was the epitome of what he The epitome. Was. And we had him into Denver for a workout. We didn't draft him. Now, my theory is that Elway was gun-shy at drafting another quarterback in the first round because he'd been burned so badly. And maybe he didn't mm-hmm. want to admit making a mistake. I don't know, but... Clearly, we blew it with that draft yeah. pick, and we had no one else to turn to. So, sadly, how different the franchise would look if we had taken Josh Allen, like yeah. I thought we should have taken in 2018. But yeah, I, I think I, I, th- I think we would have destroyed that kid's career with the current coaching staff that we had at the oh, time. Oh, that's a good, well, that is a good point. That is a good point. The coaching career does play a role, uh, especially because he wasn't. You know, he's one of those rare cases of. Man, he took a vast leap after his second year. Yeah, I think uh, Brian Dable had a big deal with that one. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think, and and that you don't get that you don't get that without great coaching. Because those first position. two those first two years weren't great. It worked because I mean no. they're, they're, that's what you know that's what everybody was talking about. Like, oh, look at Josh Allen and look at Drew Locke. Technically, in the first two years, Drew Locke had better production, but then Josh Allen went astronomical in his year three a lot of people oh yeah to, no, i mean that, remember, was, yeah remember all the comparisons it was a massive yeah. massive jump that he did um oh. and again you don't get that without great coaching and unfortunately we didn't have great yeah. coaching either so we we fired and missed on quarterbacks and on coaching uh and on two coaching staffs but here we are it's 2022 it's february we have mercifully been ridded Primarily of Pat Shermer. <laughs> Big Fangio, not a fan of his either, but I love him as a defensive coordinator. Of course, we were never going to be able to retain his defensive mind. It is good. It is a welcome thing that he's no longer our head coach. Though, kind of liked his defense. His defense is obviously what it is, and it's very, very good. Um, Did like his defense. But we are mercifully ridded of Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon. And to a slightly lesser extent, Vic Fangio. And then Ed Donatello is kind of like I'm indifferent because he was just an extension of 
Vic Fangio. He was just um, there. And we have a new and we have a new coaching staff. And we interviewed a lot of people in this go around. I love that George Payton did his due diligence. He didn't just go with the guy that was the predetermined guy. It sounds like based on my very small amount of knowledge of the inner workings of the past two coaching searches, Elway just kind of had his guy in mind and went with that guy regardless, you know, regardless of what anyone else would show. Um, and this time it definitely seemed like George Payton like did his absolute due diligence in this, in this coaching search and you'll love to see it. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, new Broncos head coach. And we got introduced to our coordinators. I think was it yes or today? It was yesterday. Yesterday. It was yesterday. Yesterday. I watched it live. Yeah, yesterday. Um, and there's a lot of energy here. (laughs) There's a lot of a lot of young energy in this coaching staff. Arguably, only offset by the hiring of Dom Capers. As, Love uh, Don Capers. Special. I, what are they? What? What's his title? Special defense or special defensive senior advisory or something like that. Yeah, basically, he's basically the senior advisor over the uh, defense. Yeah, to me, I think he's a senior defensive defensive assistant. Honestly, what I think his main role is going to be in the coaching staff is like, hey, I'm your mentor. Yeah, yeah, basically, he's going to be your mentor. He's basically, if I'm you start mentor. screwing up, he's going to be like, hold my beer, I got this, I've been doing this for 40 yeah. years. You guys are young, we're, empa- we're empowering you, but I'm your mentor. Um, that's kind of the vibe that I get. So, uh, this time, Kevin, let's start with you. Um, I, You know, you and I haven't had a chance to talk much about the coaching staff, kind of your thoughts on it, and I'd just love to kind of get your pulse from the uh, from the hires that we've had. A lot of, lot of unknown at this point, but, but let, let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, hold on. I actually had a. Uh, I was somewhat prepared for this podcast. I pulled up a tab. Here it is. Nice. Uh, yeah, I pulled up a tab <laughs> that has our new, uh, our coaching um, sort of. Uh, yeah, our, our coaching staff right now. Hierarchy. Hierarchy. <laughs> so you know, start with uh, Hackett, um, Nathaniel Hackett. So I like you know, there's things I like about him. I mean, clearly Aaron Rodgers is a huge fan has endorsed him numerous times. Um, I like the fact that he comes from a coaching family. His father was an NFL and college coach for decades, so he grew up in it. And I think through osmosis and through just spending so much time around the game from a very young boy right up till today. I mean, I think that matters, you know, sort of the Kyle Shanahan yeah. effect. Um, he's he's wildly energetic, enthusiastic. I think he's a bright guy. He actually went to college to to uh, pursue a medical uh, degree and, and to become a doctor, I believe, and then veered back into football. Um, you know, I don't know if his connection with Aaron Rodgers played a role here. I, I mm-hmm. hope it didn't as much as I'd like to yeah. see Aaron Rodgers in Denver. I do uh, I'm hope hoping. So. I hope that I'm yeah. hoping George uh, Payton just hired the best man for the job. And if Agreed. it happened to be Hackett, and it may help lure Rodgers, then all the better. But um, you know, so wait and see. I mean, he's hired mm-hmm. a bunch of guys on his staff, a lot of young folks that that don't have much um, experience. They're all going to be in new roles, and 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to come down to Hackett's leadership, uh, and that just remains to be seen. He's never been a head coach. Um, I thought his press conference was, um, it, you know, it's sort of like when you assess people, you sort of assess them through your own prism, right? It's sort of a little bit subjective mm-hmm. in terms of maybe mentors you've had, your own sort of personal communication style, what your expectations are in a head coach. It didn't exactly yeah. fit my expectations, you know, in a head coach mm-hmm. uh, in terms of yeah. how he conducted himself. But, you know, it, I'm probably, you know, a little steeped in the stoic, serious-minded head coach a la Mike Shanahan and, 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 and uh, uh, Bill Belichick and many others. Uh, this guy's Yeah, many other successful. Many, many are very successful, very yeah. serious-minded. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But he, he, he yeah. he's an offensive coach. I know the NFL fans, I mean, the Broncos fans were clamoring for an offensive coach. I I wasn't so much. You know, we need, we need a good leader, mm-hmm. a defensive coach I would have been fine with. Uh, as long as yeah. he, as long as he can put together a great staff, uh, and he can coach both both sides of the ball, but that was a problem with Fangio, yeah. right? He, he he sort of stayed in, in the defensive uh, area, from what we understand. But anyway, so uh, you know, some open minded. Uh, I know he was high, he's highly uh, thought of, and uh, you know, I, I feel optimistic about him as uh, with in this appointment. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, to, you just to kind of tag on, I, I, I'm kind of in the same mindset of, of, I didn't, I didn't care that much whether it was a defensive or an offensive minded head coach. I just want somebody who's a good leader. That's what we've been lacking. Um, is someone who's truly a good leader. Um, that's not going to be overwhelmed by the job. That's not going to be overwhelmed by the job who knows how to properly facilitate and also, um, you know, let their staff do their job. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, again, it's kind of an unknown at this point. We're kind of in an unknown territory with a lot of these guys, including Nathaniel Hackett, um, because they don't have as much experience in their roles. They're all, like you said, in kind of in new roles. Um, I would say I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like Nathaniel Hackett as, a lot as a guy. He seems like an incredibly likable person. Um, I think... You can cert there's there are obviously different styles of leadership and mentorship coaching and things like that 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 come into play. A lot of people love his style and a lot of people don't. It really just depends on on who you talk to and and like you said, it's pretty subjective based on kind of what your experience was and 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 I I know that a lot of players love that though. And I think um the relatability to the players and his just his building relationship with players can can have has a chance to have a hugely positive effect. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic and he's had good success. Um, you know, when, when he was in, uh, when he was in Jacksonville, he got the best out of, um, he got the best out of Blake Bortles that you could get, but while having a primarily run focused offense. And then when he went to eventually in green Bay, obviously a much, much different situation where it's, all pass heavy and uh and Rodgers having some of the best years of his career at least at least statistically um 
And so I, I do believe him when he talks about wanting to build the scheme to the players that he has. I do believe him, and I believe that he's good at it. Um, obviously, it's kind of a wait and see in terms of how he will do as a head coach. But as an offensive mind, he's certainly got that, and he's certainly shown that he can adjust two different scenarios that he's been in. Uh, as far as the rest of the staff, um, a lot of this happens in the NFL. It's really just hiring his friends. And this happens often, often, often. I'd say more often than not, you have guys, they get head head coaching positions and they just bring their guys in. They bring their friends, people they've worked with in the past. And there's a lot good with that because generally speaking, you're going to be in the same kind of mentality, same kind of ideals. So you obviously are not going to have the clashing that you may otherwise have. Um, but it does, like we talked about, lead a lot of inexperience. Uh, you have Justin Outen as the offensive coordinator uh, who has not held that position before. Um, he was the tight ends coach for the Packers last year. Ajiro Evero just won a Super Bowl. Um, as the uh, defensive backs coach, I want to say defensive back backs coach and passing game coordinator for the, uh, LA Rams. And I think that's an interesting tidbit is he's also their passing game coordinator. So he's somebody who kind of sees things from both the offense and the defensive side. So that could be good. And then Dwayne Stukes, um, who was also from LA, uh, is the, uh, coordinator for special teams. Uh, he was the assistant coordinator of special teams in L.A., um, and they're both obviously coming off of the Super Bowl run the L.A. Rams just had. So a lot of unknown here. I like I like a lot of the guys from what I've seen. I think I think the names that actually stand out the most to me, Clint Kubiak, um, for obvious reasons. Gary Kubiak, the connections there. Obviously, Gary Kubiak was the head coach and longtime offensive coordinator for the Broncos, um, including the Super Bowl winning seasons um, in the 90s and in 2015 as the head coach. Um, and then you also have uh, Dom Capers, who I'm a big fan of, who I who's had a lot of success. I think he's been coaching for over 35 years, something like that, in the NFL. And... Um, had a great run and even in green Bay as a defensive coordinator for a while. So um, there's some experience there. Clint Kubiak was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings for one year last year. And he's the quarterback's coach this year. So at least he has at least that maybe Justin Outen can lean on him a little bit. Um, but yeah, a lot of inexperience. Ian, any, anything that you want to add? I mean, not really, honestly on that one. Uh, I like, I do like, Hackett. Um, yeah. I do like Hackett. I don't really think it was uh, just to get just to get Aaron Rodgers. I know he you know he hired him. He hired Alton, who was the tight ends coach, which hopefully mm -hmm. uh, Alton can, uh, you know, talk to Okawebenom and uh, <laughs> Noah Fant and be like, hey, hey, we actually got We got people that are going to involve you in the game now. Mm -hmm. Good uh, point. You know, Pat, yeah, Pat Shermer is not here anymore. Thank yeah. God. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest. But, I mean, but you do. You got two guys that just came off of a Super Bowl win, so they know winning culture. And, you know, whether they were an assistant, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, the defensive coordinator, Dwayne. What's his name? Dwayne. Uh, you talk about, oh, who are you talking about? Uh, defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator for us is, is your. No, Emerald. no. No, no, no. Um, well, well, him. He was the uh, uh, the DB coach, but uh, the uh, the other guy. Oh, Dwayne Stokes. 
Oh, the special teams. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. I like when I watched this thing yesterday, I really did like that guy. Um mm-hmm. cuz you can't get any worse than what we had before. <laughs> I can't believe Tom McMahon got hired somewhere, man. Who did he get hired by? Raiders. Oh, oh thank Was it the God. Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> Shermer's still Thank out. God. Sh- Shermer just posted his resume resume on indeed.com. He's still looking. <laughs> Oh, he's he got bagging groceries here in this in their future. Oh, he, oh, he's not bagging groceries. He's <laughs> it's gonna get <laughs> weird for that guy. Oh um, man, no, but I like. It, I know I I see where the Broncos are trying to go. They're trying to go like the Rams direction. They're trying to go the um, Bengals direction where they're hiring. I mean, because you got to think. I mean, look at the coaching staff back at uh, what was it? Um, Redskins. If you look at the coaching staff, oh, ba- oh, when they had in 2011 and Matt Lafleur and and Zach Taylor, <laughs> and they just had everybody. And Kyle and Kyle Shanahan was Kyle offensive Shanahan. coordinator. How did they not make that work, dude? Oh man, <laughs> like, <how do> they- <laughs> leadership starts at the top. What do they not have a good leader? Besides Lafleur, they've all gone to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So I can see. Um, I like I like where they what they did with the coaching staff. I like uh, the the defensive back coach turning it into the uh, defensive coordinator. He I think he knows what he's. He, I mean he went from he's basically going from Marcus uh, Marcus Peter. Uh, not Marcus Peters, but um, what's his name? Um, Jalen Ramsey to PS two now. Oh, you talking about? Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so he's got another top flight. Uh, secondary to work with well we'll talk about that later because we might be losing a couple guys but um Mm. i'm really happy with the the coaching staff that they've put together so far i mean but we say this almost every every three years uh we're always happy until we see it fall apart yeah that's true that's true i would say there was a couple a couple guys they let go that i was not i i oh the ones that the guys who went to the vikings uh yeah, well, I wish they would have maintained or yeah retained Mike Munchak, but you know I was listening to somebody. Somebody brought up a good point. It's like, hey, he worked miracle with Garrett Bowles, but why is the rest of the line regressing? And I'm like, well, yeah, very true. Why is, make some good points? Why <laughs> why is why is Reisner digressing? I mean, that's the I Reisner. Mean, yeah, I mean, Cushenberry hasn't taken the step. Reisner's regressing. Glasgow's regressing. Uh, Bobby Massey was kind of a surprising average right tackle because we've had and, nothing but below average for so long. And thank God um, for the gut. The gut's the yeah, new right And then, right yeah, guard. hopefully Quinn Miners is going to be something. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm – I know they're, they're, they're supposed to be uh, retaining Bill Col- Kolar in no, he, you know, he's, he's determined rule. Yeah, yeah, he, they're, they're saying he's still going to be here. Yeah. Yeah, they say it's still going to be a different role. role. Yeah, advisor, consultant, something like that. I like him, so I'll I'll be curious to see what what that ends up being. Yeah, my guy's uh, been in the league for like 35 years. (laughs) I do like the staff overall is the fact that we were taking – we were getting guys that made themselves are not necessarily proven in their roles, but they're coming from proven coaching trees, which – Sometimes that transfers and sometimes it doesn't. So, again, we're saying all this to say we don't know. 
<laughs> At least we got the Bill Belichick tree, dude. That's all we want. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that is a nightmare once it gets once you leave him. <laughs> all right. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is just the quarterback situation because yeah. that's that's the main talking point. And so it's much of one. what this season is going to look like is going to be dependent on what we end up doing with quarterback. I mean, um, obviously the big names that we've talked about is tra- trying to trade for. Aaron Rodgers, or my personal preference, Russell Wilson, um, mm. or you know, God forbid, trading for a Jared Garoppolo. I really hope not. Um, or you know, rolling with Drew Locke and, and drafting a guy, or or drafting a guy to start right away. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of different ways that this could go. Um, and I, I mean, obviously, we have our preferences. But what would you guys say is probably the most realistic option um, from this point, at least from where things stand right now? We're still waiting on an announcement from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Russell Wilson's camp has just kind of gone quiet. Um, what would you guys say is is likely the most realistic situation for the quarterback um, room in 2022? Ugh. All right, I'll jump in. So I've been okay. I've been following the Aaron Rodgers saga now pretty much daily for a year. So <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, for he, sure. He, All he, of us. He's the only NFL quarterback that actually gives me like little butterflies in my stomach. I'm so crazy about that guy. But um, as much as I would love for him in Denver, my gut tells me. He's going to stay in Green Bay. Um, if I'm wrong, I do believe Denver is clearly a potential landing spot. You know, the odds makers have Denver number two right behind Green Bay as where he's going to play next year. And and uh, so, but I can't hang my hat on it. We, we he's yeah. he's a tough guy to to figure out and predict. Um, but if we don't get him. Uh, there, there are not a lot of free agent quarterbacks out there. I'd say there's zero free agent quarterbacks. Not, yeah, it's, that, it's, it's that, pretty barren. That are attractive. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to leave. And I think Aaron Rodgers, as I previously stated, is going to stay in Green Bay. So if those guys are off the table, I don't want us mortgaging the future for a mediocre free agent quarterback because that's all that's out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got to look at the draft, and as everyone knows, I mean, the draft uh, this year looks pretty weak at the quarterback position. I mean, the names you hear about are Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, uh, uh, Carson Strong, Nevada, Kenny Pickett. You know, he's 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 a popular name for Denver at the number nine pick. I've seen on some mock drafts. So I think I think the most likely scenario uh, is. The most likely scenario is we draft a QB somewhere in the probably the first two to three rounds, and we roll with Locke to start the season with a new coaching staff. I mean, uh, the offensive coordinator, what's his name, Otten? 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 Yeah, Austin Outen. Oh, uh, yeah, Justin Outen. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, 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 he was questioned about Locke, and, and he answered it diplomatically, but but certainly, yeah. you know, talked about Locke's obvious physical talents and want to see how we can fit in with this offense. So, look, he's, he's on the roster. He has, 
we talked about at the beginning of last year, uh, he has, I think, still a reasonably high ceiling. Uh, Bridgewater had the higher floor. And we know what mm-hmm. Fangio did because he was looking to save his job. He went with the higher floor. Um, but so, so, so the most reasonable, I think we draft one of these, these guys in the first two to three rounds, roll with lock to start the season as maybe we develop somebody behind them. If, if, we, if we make a good pick, maybe get a little bit lucky here in a weak quarterback draft. But I don't see any other scenarios unless somehow Aaron Rodgers lands in our lap. I think it's going to be Locke and somebody they draft. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Well, I think I, I got to agree with mostly what Kevin just said. I think because Aaron Rodgers, we don't know. He's, uh, like I said, he's a hippie. He doesn't know what he wants. He's like a girl. Um, <laughs> he's a diva. Yeah, he's a diva. He's I mean, a bright but, uh, diva, though. He's well, a smart guy. Very savvy. He's Sm- smart. There's smart no doubt guy. about that. And, you know, and throws the best ball probably of all time. Ever. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you, do you give up three first rounders, a second rounder, probably a player like a Bradley Chubb? I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about giving up Patrick Sertan, which would be like, all right, you're taking from one basket and add to another which would be kind of stupid um i i'm like kevin i don't think he's gonna leave he'll either retire or go back to green bay unless something weird happens with um uh with the green bay packers um i don't think i really don't think um russell wilson's gonna leave even though i'm pretty sure he hates pete carroll um other than that, you're left with a couple of guys you could roll with, but they're all not going to be great. You know, Garoppolo, always an injury, injury problem. Uh, so probably not on that. You got Carson Wentz. No. I, I, the guy that... No. The guy that I, the guy that I would rock... I would, Jameis Winston. Because mm. you could probably get him on cheap, though. Yeah. You can get them on cheap. I, I would say you, if... Go ahead. No, you can get them on cheap because who knows if the Saints are going to re-sign them um, or anything like that. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, you, you re-go with Drew Locke and then you, you draft somebody in the... I would definitely not take a quarterback at pick nine. I, I agree. I, I don't think no it's... way. Yeah, I agree. No, because I mean, in any other draft, if if you look at it, in any other draft, these quarterbacks, maybe second maybe rounders. They, yeah, they're all second rounders. A lot of them are second rounders. Yeah, and I, if if I were to t- if if you're gonna take a quarterback, I would probably take Carson Strong out of Nevada. Um, because he's like Mac Jones with a bigger arm. Not, not really. He's not really mobile, but he's a pocket passer and they call NFL ready. But, mm-hmm. uh, the guy from, uh, I think was it, was it, was, what's, what's the, uh, the guy from, you got, you were just talking about the guy from Pittsburgh. Oh, Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Kenny yeah. Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. Pickett. Um, yeah. His hands are too small to throw in like bad weather. Yeah, that's a knock on him. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, like he's got the second smallest hands behind Michael Vick, and Michael Vick had the smallest hands. That's why everybody was like, "Nah, he'll never be able to throw the ball." Where Obviously, did Kenny Pickett play? Pittsburgh. Pitt. Pitt. Uh, how how's the weather there? I mean, you get you get some snow in Pitt. <laughs> well, I think I, I think Austin's making the point that sometimes the hand size is wildly overrated. <laughs> with, 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 you know, I, I don't know uh, statistically how big of a difference it makes, but but I do know that that, that NFL scouts and coaches love the big-handed quarterback. Well, I think yeah. well the, the reason why it's I a say plus that for sure is be, it's because they they had inclement weather at the senior bowl and he didn't look good and um um willis looked good well, well not to, not just that it's also uh, b- ball up. security in the pocket true the bigger hands you have the less likely you're gonna have the ball slapped out of your hands when you're you know in the pocket oh true yeah yeah but i think what's I, it, so let me say let me ask you this what is what do you think is the most likely scenario broncos quarterback situation drew Locke probably Drew Locke. Probably going to go Drew Locke, and then it's either... I, but it, it, it's so weird because we don't know because up in, literally until, like, probably, what, March 16th and then April, was it April 15th or 16th when they're doing the draft? We're really not going to know unless um, Aaron Rodgers comes out and, you know, comes out and tells us something that... You know, oh, I want to get traded now, but who knows? Because that and, guy and doesn't know. By the way, on that front, sorry, Ian, but I did oh, listen. I, I did listen to his podcast. He was on the uh, Pat McAfee show. I uh, watched it. Yeah, so I, I, I listened into that on Tuesdays, and, and obviously caught it this week. And he didn't make any announcement, but you know, he, he insinuated that that there would be, you know, he would make a decision soon. And I, and I believe the drop dead date, which he insinuated, it had is tied to franchise tag, right? So the, the Packers... That was yesterday. Yeah, but but I think they have until March 8th to franchise tag players. So, yeah, usually nobody, nobody franchised anybody within the first week because they want to try to work out a contract. Yeah, so, so, I, so March 8th is, what, less than two weeks away. So I, I think we're going to know something in the next week or two. Oh, I agree. I agree. I would say so much is going to depend on what Rock, Rogers decides, for sure. Or what Devontae Adams decides. No, hold on. Hold on. If Rogers does come to Denver, are we are we all saying that he's instantly we're just going to hand him the starting job? Are we, are we really saying that? No, no. I, I, open competition with Drew Locke, dude. Yeah, I mean. Open competition. I mean, listen. you got to earn it. Listen, listen. I, I think he's going to. What you did, hey, what you did in Green Bay doesn't have anything to do with what you do here. Listen, we're going to, we'll pencil you in. As a starter, pencil, <laughs> but you got to. It's a prove it. We'll give you a one year prove it deal. Dry I bet you, race, I, even. hack it, hack it, hack it should do that. <laughs> oh man, hey, so I I would say this. So I actually I actually and this is I'm this is just trying to go off of the pulse of of what I've heard. I would say Drew Lock is probably the third or fourth option. But, you know, how quickly we get to being the third or fourth option will highly depend on Rodgers and Russell yeah. Wilson and stuff like that. So um, it seems like he is lower on the list um, in terms of what they want to do. But, you know, they might they might have their, their hand forced here a little bit. Um, 
I would say so. Aaron Rodgers, man, he, I mean, two time MVP, although I would make the argument Cooper Cup should have won MVP this year anyway. But or, two time Brady or Brady, two consecutive MVP wins. Um, man, what a huge upgrade that would be. And I would love if that happens. Oh my goodness. My top option is still Russell Wilson. Um, specific, not, not because he's the, the better of the two today, but because he's much younger and, uh, and still in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Um, no. Still thinks I. It's still, I think, obviously a, a Super Bowl level quarterback. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl. We don't want to talk about that. Um, but uh, I would. Lo- I think Russell Wilson is my top option because he's younger, because he's not quite as much of a diva, um, and because he's still in that same category without quite being to where Aaron Rodgers is at. Um, that would be my top option. Can I cut and- in just for a second, real quick? Okay. What what if? What if? Just what if? You're getting wild Tom, now. Tom Brady. Tom Brady comes back. <laughs> Signs of the Broncos. Sign. I'm not gonna lie. I mean the guy just threw for fifty three hundred yards and forty four touchdowns. He wants he wants to challenge Pat Mahomes twice a year plus playoffs and then Justin Herbert and Derek Carr as well. And he wants to take all of Peyton's records. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, even he, in Denver, he's savage. He's sa- in even Denver, Denver's he's savage. Wish, wishful thinking. I will say this, Brady. You know, I don't even think it's uh, you know anyone's going to push back on. He, he's the goat, right, Brady? Uh, yes. Not even an argument. The goat, but Rogers, the best quarterback ever. There's a difference in, in terms of pure playmaking skill at the quarterback position. I would argue Rodgers is the best quarterback in NFL history. Brady's the greatest, not the best. I see what you're saying, but I do disagree. <laughs> I do disagree. Um, obviously, you see Rodgers, you see the magnificence of his deep passes and his scrambles around and make something happen. But that's the thing is Tom Brady does all that before the play even starts. <laughs> so he doesn't have to do that. Um, so that's why I, you know, I, I, it's, it, they're different styles. One's flashier, you know, and obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers is flashier, but I mean, I, I mean, certainly the argument can, can be made, you know, it's, it's certainly not. A I just made thing. it. Uh, you did. You went yeah. into all the details and analysis on it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I, he's definitely anyways, the best to, pure passer. He's definitely the best pure con- passer. So to continue what I'm saying about the Broncos, um, specifically, um, free agents, not not a lot there. I know you mentioned Jameis Winston, and some people bring up his 14 touchdowns to three interceptions previous to injury. I'm like, yeah, that's good, but that's – that's also a small sample size, number one, and that's under Sean Payton. Uh, he didn't throw. He really didn't throw for many yards either. Yeah, and, and I mean, even you got to think our 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 homeboy Trevor Simeon had eleven touchdowns and three interceptions under Sean Payton last year. So it's like, how much? Yeah, I mean, true. how much are we? You know, I I just don't read too much into that. So I don't think Jameis Winston's the guy that I would go for. Um, as anything other than a one-year bridge if it's cheap, right? Um, and that's and that's if you're going the one-year bridge route, you know? Um, 
True. I think, uh, I mean, I personally, out of him and Teddy Bridgewater, I'd go Teddy Bridgewater again, except Bridgewater's going to be way too expensive. So don't go that route because you're going to be committing too much money to it. Um, the only name that I kind of really like as like a bridge that you where you still draft one of the better quarterbacks is Gardner Minshew, actually. Um, oh, no. Yeah, all right. I, I messed with you on that one. I do miss him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's the he's the only one out of like free agents that I've seen, and like I think he's a free agent, or it would be yeah, he an is. inexpensive yeah, he trade. Is. One of the two. Um, but that would be that would be taking a flyer if it's cheap. I mean, kind of like how Bridgewater was super cheap last year. If you can get it for cheap like that, then sure. If if you miss out on Rodgers, if you miss out on Wilson, if you are not convinced of one of the top not no you know your your nine overall pick you don't want to take one of these guys at quarterback then i then i can that i could go for that like i could make an argument as to why that would she's gonna be cheap because he's never been to the playoffs and he was like a seventh round pick yeah totally yeah i i I don't yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be cheap i don't think there's any doubt about that so um quarterbacks again this is kind of like my my analogy my analogy about the Broncos season is just like there's a couple bright spots in like a muddied mess of mess garbage. It's just, that's yeah, like they all have something that they're good at, but no one seems to be sticking out above the rest. You know, as a definitive thing. You know, I think uh, for me, I like Kenny Pickett's smarts with the hand size being the concern, you know, but I, me personally, I value intelligence at the quarterback position more than I value literally anything else. Um, and so he's the guy who has the best decision-making and the best smarts at the quarterback position. Um, and then you have obviously Malik Willis had, had a great week at the senior bowl. Um, and so he rose, I think in a lot of people's minds because of that. And you have Carson. No, he did. Moving oh, further did. back in the in the draft, you have like Desmond Riddler and stuff like that, who you could take a you know a day two, day three flyer on. Um, but I mean, no one in the draft is like got me really excited, you know. No, nobody's um, popping out, dude. Nobody's popping nobody's out. popping out. And so the following year's draft class is gonna be a lot better. I think whatever we do, though, we have like I think our one of our biggest problems is we never we never go like. We never go all in on a quarterback. Obviously, if you have to trade a bunch of first-round picks for Wilson or Rodgers, you're going all in on a quarterback. Or if you take a top-10 draft pick, you're going in all in on quarterback or something along those lines. Oh, yeah, but sure. I think the Broncos just never go in all in a, at quarterback. They they draft Brock Osweiler. They draft, uh, I mean, Paxton Lynch may be kind of the one exception, but he was still number 26 draft and you know spot in the in the draft well it goes back a have, ways, but cutler was drafted number 11 we actually traded, yeah but that's that's way too far him. to that's that's not even modern broncos anymore hardly um eh, sort of more I, modern yeah. broncos at 2007 is 15 years ago um if you haven't really. if you if you haven't if you haven't gotten a quarterback in that time frame other than obviously the miracle miracle of landing paid manning then you're not going all in on quarterback and, you know, Case Keenum to a <laughs> bridge starter deal. Joe Flacco. Let's go get Joe Flacco. All these, all these were not all in quarterbacks. And I think that is such a huge 
glaring spot for the Broncos as to why they've been stuck in this mess is they just never go all in on somebody. Well, you got to um, think they've never drafted a good quarterback. I think in no, they haven't. I know because John Elway, their history, actually drafted. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. I, um, what do I think is the most likely scenario? Mm. The most likely scenario to me feels like a bridge starter. That may be Drew Locke. That may be probably a cheap free agent or or Gardner Minshew. Um, but I feel like I feel like the fire under Rogers coming to Denver has kind of been extinguished a little bit. Russell Wilson, I, that 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 could be extremely likely or impossible because there's just no noise coming out of that camp at all. And so, and I think that that's part of just how Russell Wilson operates. He's just behind closed doors about everything. Um, yeah, he's tight-lipped. He's very tight-lipped. Yeah, very tight-lipped. So, I, I have no clue how to read that situation. Um, I, but I would lean on it. I would lean toward it's probably not going to happen. Um, Me too. Based Me on too. everything that we know at this point. So, I think I think the bridge starter situation is probably the most likely um, that's what I think too. Not necessarily my favorite, obviously, but m- maybe the most likely. I would honestly, I would borderline prefer to see them take a quarterback at number nine <laughs> than do the bridge starter. Well, I could see them doing both potentially. They draft a quarterback number nine and do a bridge starter because they don't want to throw him into the fire. That would be honestly not a bad idea. I think, I think throwing quarterbacks into the fire every single year, it it. I think, it, yeah. I think the success the success rate of of quarterbacks is dramatically decreasing because they they feel like they have to throw them in right away every year. Hey, but, but hey, Austin, Kevin, Austin, sorry, I had a little um, technical difficulty there for a minute. It was basically my my dog scratching on the door I had to grab him. So so, what was your <laughs> um, most likely scenario? Oh, my mo- what I believe is the most likely scenario is a bridge starter, some sort of bridge starter. It could be Drew Lock. Or it could be one of these cheap free agents that we end up signing every year. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's that's what I think is going to be the most most likely. So I'm kind of in your guys' camp, although I think Drew Likely is a little bit less likely than than maybe you guys do. Um, but yeah, hey Kevin, I know you got to get get going. I don't want to keep you from anything. Is there anything that you wanted to say before you headed out? Um. No, just good hearing from you guys again. I would just throw out, you know, on the ownership front, and I talked about that a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, And um, I'll leave it to you guys once I jump off the air to talk about the Brian Flores lawsuit. I know Ian's a big supporter of that. Um, the- <laughs> well, you know I am. <laughs> yeah, don't even get us started on that one. <laughs> we we yeah. need another couple hours. Um, oh, oh, sure. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if Elway and or Manning is in the mix for ownership. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think Elway's burned a lot of bridges in Denver, uh, even, even with me, with some of the personnel decisions over the last uh, few years, for sure. Yeah. But but Manning, uh, there's not a anyone on the NFL landscape that sort of has his stature. Um, and he would yeah, just be a tremendous boon if we could get him somehow in the ownership mix. Yeah, um, whatever I, I got to do to make that happen. I'll, yeah, I'll but it. you know, but listen, the Flores, <laughs> the, the the Flores lawsuit it may impact you know what the NFL is willing to sign off on um, in terms yep. of ownership. 
Uh, we, we, we may have a minority owner. I'd be fine. We bring in, you know, rock solid owner. I, I don't really care about, you know, their ethnicity or anything else. But, oh, um, but you know, they're, they're throwing out $4 billion. And speaking of Elway, I'm sure you guys saw this, but Bolin offered Elway uh, an opportunity to uh, trade a, his salary for 10% of the Denver Broncos. Now, I'm a little fuzzy on when it happened. It was some... uh, Wait, are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think it would have been when he was first hired on, 11, uh, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was going to give... You you guys can look this up. It was 11. Yeah, Elway could have effectively paid... I I think the number was $22 forfeit a salary for the year. To, to pick up 10% ownership. And then he would have had an option at a later point uh, to buy an additional 10% at a bargain basement rate. Somebody ran the numbers. Elway walked away from the deal, okay? So if Elway had picked up the 10%, which was a gimme, that 10% looks like it would have been worth $400 million. And if he picked up the option... To, for the additional ten percent, it would have been eight hundred billion. That assumes you know we get the four billion dollars. Uh, so 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 you know I I hear stuff like that. I'm thinking Elway <laughs> stupidly walked away from an opportunity. He's to, supposed to be a business. I know. And then I hear he shows up, you know, drunk in uh, Connecticut somewhere for an interview with uh, Brian Flores, and I'm thinking. No wonder the guy's drinking heavily. I mean, yeah, can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> and, and now, after having a golden opportunity to own 10 or 20% of the Broncos, he's trying to wedge his way back in. Listen, the, the guy's still on Mount Rushmore for, for, for the Broncos. I think having and him. He will be forever. I think having him involved is not a bad thing, but it's it's interesting, though, that he did walk away from that opportunity. Insane. Talk- I, and I don't know how I didn't know that. I don't know how I never caught wind of that. Ian, you heard it, right? <laughs> I heard, yeah, I heard a little. You, you're, you knew more about it than I did, but I did hear about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Boland was was a big fan, and it just was. It, it was Boland. It just tells you what kind of guy he was, Boland. What a great leader, Boy, uh, dude, and, just, and, and, and he was just deeply grateful for everything Elway mm-hmm. did for the city and for the team, and he effectively was going to give him. Ten percent of the of the franchise for for nothing, j- j- just yeah for walking I mean, away from a salary from a year. You got to think, Bolin looked at him like a son because yeah. you know you look at Bolin's other son. <laughs> oh, jeez, his actual son. Yeah, can I can I switch those guys out? <laughs> that guy's a that guy's a hammered drunk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Bolin a... probably one of the you know one of the greatest NFL owners of all time. But you, you see these people, sure. you know, the, the, these business tycoons or these NFL coaches, and, and they just devote so much time and energy in, into their professions that, you know, something suffers. And it's usually, you know, their family, their, their, their relationship with their wives or, or their, their children. I mean, look at Andy Reid's kids. My goodness. Um, it, 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 hey, they're it, all crackheads. It, it, it's there's some collateral damage. One of the things I'm sorry, I'll finish with this, but one of the things I really do like about Hackett and 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 uh, Austin, we'd communi- family. Yeah, we'd communicated about this prior to the selection, but 
you know, I saw some study that, you know, it sort of, uh, it, it tied being married young, um, having a strong family mm-hmm. with being a successful NFL coach. And it's almost indisputable. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's something like the top 50 NFL coaches of all time in terms of one loss percentage, you know, 48 out of 50 were family men, you know, healthy so, family, healthy life. family life. Right, yeah. And it, it's such a demanding job. I mean, you have mm. got to have have a strong woman behind you. Um, And if you don't, I think the job is that much tougher, right? It's it's not that it cannot be done. It's just incredibly more difficult. Well, you look at Sean McVay is one of the exceptions, you know? Yeah. But he is engaged. He's engaged, but, you know, doesn't have – I mean, she's clearly probably a great support system for him, but – Right. um, He's one of the few exceptions of – And he's still – but he's a really young guy. And it sounds like 36. He's, yeah, he's on the road, but but anyway, I'll let you guys go. And uh, but good catching up again. And uh, just let me know when you guys want to try it next time. Yeah. Hey. Th- hey. Thanks for joining us. There's a lot of great great stuff there. Um, have a great rest of your night. All right. You too. Yeah. See you guys. All right, talk to you later, Kevin. Bye bye. Uh, Ian, I uh, you know just just thinking about the whole ownership situation. Yeah, I was I was just job. reading something, and of the last four franchises that were sold, um, that you know went through some sort of selling process, um, right. I, I'm gonna see if I can figure out or find what those uh, what those were. I know Buffalo was one of them. Um, that's a that's a hard team to sell. That 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 fan base is insane. Yeah, it was it was it was it was Buffalo. I like their fan base. Uh, Carolina, Cleveland, and Jacksonville. Of those past four, Ooh. only Buffalo has emerged from that process as a consistent, well-built playoff contender. Well, Jacksonville so, got worse. Well, Jacksonville got worse, and Cleveland and Carolina are certainly no bright spots either. Um, so at least in that regard, <laughs> the odds may be against us. Um well, you know, but we, mean, we think of Broncos country and just the fan base and everything and just the history of the franchise. The hope have... is that, you know, we're going to have this kind of this foundation to stand on or whatever owner comes in with obviously the, you know, situation that's arising out of that. Whatever owner comes in, the hope is that they'll have a foundation to stand on that we don't fall into one of those bottom dwellers uh, like these other ones have now. You All that, unique scenarios, but you, you I, that just, garbage, I just read that and was intrigued. You were that garbage where uh, Kanye West wanted, or it was it Antonio Brown wanted Kanye West to buy the Broncos? You heard that, Oh, right? no. Oh, I'm you sure. didn't hear that? I mean, oh, yeah. Antonio Brown wants to start a group to go against Peyton Manning's group, right? And he's gonna get Kanye West, to you know, like I'm like, dude, no, 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 we're not getting <laughs> you two psychos. I, I hope not. <laughs> Those people should they, they should be on like medication for their brains swelling, like, <laughs> dude, dude, Antonio Brown. I mean, this guy should be locked up in an insane asylum, along oh. with Kanye West. I mean, they're two. They're two people that clinically are insane. I'm not just saying. Yeah, like let's hope insane. that doesn't they're, happen. 
Let's hope that oh, doesn't this, happen. There's, they don't have enough money. Yeah, I just want a good leader. I don't even care. I, I just, care le- yeah. less if it's a group or minority. What it, whatever it ends up looking like. I don't care. I just want someone who's going to be a good leader who is going to care about the football side of things and is going to be invested in the football side of things. Uh, like, obviously, Peyton Manning. Obviously, he can't do it on That's his own what I want. the cost. But he's going to be a great leader who is invested in the football side of things. Obviously, is well-respected and well-loved around the league, too. But I, it, whether it's him or not, I just want someone who's going to be well-respected, who cares about the game of football, and uh, is going to go all in for the franchise winning, becoming a, a consistent winning franchise. So, uh, any last words on the ownership situation? I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna look I mean, at it, uh, just free agents. Oh yeah, for sure. If Derek Jeter and his group can buy the uh, the uh, what do you call it the uh, Marlins? Who's that? Yeah, the Marlins, uh, and then destroy the team. Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning can do it. I mean, Pete Manning, dude, I mean, obviously he's not going to destroy the team because I think uh, Derek Jeter's not as smart as people actually think he is. Um, Great baseball player. Pe- yeah, but, you know, is, is he? He wasn't the greatest. Yes. You know? I, he doesn't have to be the greatest to be a great. <laughs> he's one of the worst I know he's defensive. a Yankee and we're supposed to hate him, but uh, he was great. Yeah, he was great. He <laughs> let it be. Just let it go. <laughs> It's not a not a baseball podcast, but uh, yeah, I, I I really do hope it it does come down to Peyton's group, even if they like combine Peyton's group with Elway's group, and they're all like, "Here's all of our money," and throw it in. I mean, that'd be great, you know. Two Broncos uh, that I know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Elway probably wouldn't really be a part of it too much anymore. Peyton would no. probably be more about it. Because yeah. I, you know, you 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 you, you can still tell that Peyton just wants to be a part of football. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And let's hope it is Peyton. Last thing I want to talk about before we close, yeah. we'll have later podcasts leading up to the draft and stuff, and even closer yeah. to free agency. But I just want to look at some of the some of the actually some of the Broncos, some of the in-house Broncos free agents, so the guys yep. who are. Becoming free agents, right? So uh, the top guys, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some of these names off for you. Uh, we currently have a projected salary cap space of 39 million. That could change, obviously, with restructures, cuts, things like that. But uh, or you know, or that, so that could change. But the top free agents that are pending is obviously so it's Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, Bryce Callahan. Kareem Jackson, Kyle yep. Fuller, Alexander Johnson, mm-hmm. Josie Jewell, Bobby mm-hmm. Massey, Cameron Fleming, and Kenny Young. What I want you to do, and we'll talk about the other ones, but what but what I want you to do is pick two. Pick two you keep? If you could only re-sign two of those names, who would it be? Ooh. I'll, I'll name again. Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, Bobby Massey and Cameron Fleming, Kenny Young. Um, I'm going to go Kenny Young and Bryce Callahan. Kenny Young and Bryce Callahan. So why Kenny Young? 
Not that I disagree, but why Kenny Young? Because that guy, that guy's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy should have won a Super Bowl, man. He had a Super Bowl in his pocket, and then he went to a team that didn't even make the playoffs. And that's oh, why he was so a... mad. I, I know. Yeah, but he he came in when Josie Would he Joel... resign? I I don't know. I mean, with the new coaching staff, he might resign. I don't know. But what I'm thinking, younger guy, pretty good. You keep one of the two. So you keep either Alexander Johnson or you keep Josie Jewell. Mm. I would say you probably keep Alexander Johnson. I feel he's going to be slightly cheaper than Jewell. Cheaper, you think? I think he's going to be cheaper. Hmm. Just because Jewell's a better run stopper, I think. Um well, and he's the green dot guy when he's there. Yeah, he's the guy exactly. making the calls. Yeah, and I just I don't know. They just they both came off of like brutal injuries. Um, was a what was it? What Jewel had a pectoral tear. Both of them. Oh, it was, it was bizarre. Both pe- they both oh, had yeah, torn both, pecs. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then bizarre. They got to be rehabbing together, you know. <laughs> Poor Kenny Young. Be. He was like, dude, why, bro? Why? Why? Kenny well, Young, hey, so if I'm picking two, I agree okay. with you on Bryce Callahan. I agree with you on I Bryce Callahan because we don't want Kyle Fuller back. Back, he's gone. He's gone. Um, and after after PS2 and Ronald Darby, there's a steep drop off. I mean, you have Ojemudia who played pretty well in the, in the season finale. I, I still, but, I'm still, I still mess with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I see him more as a number four than I do as a. Number three is essentially your starter. Um, so Bryce Callahan, I know his injury tendency, but man, he is he is probably a top three to five corner in the league when he's healthy. When he's on the field, he is one of the best. Uh, and so I say Bryce Callahan. Um, he's and then for kind of like Chris Harris. For me, it is a toss up. I would probably go Josie Jewell, okay. but. I like the Kenny Young idea. The Kenny Young idea, I would I would get behind that too. But if I were picking two, I think I would go Josie Jewell because I'm just I'm huge on intellect. And Kenny Young has showed a lot when he was in. You know, showed showed a lot when he was there. So I would by no means be upset about that. Yeah, for being but, mad about coming to the Broncos, he played well. He man. played I pretty was, well. I was, I was I was real happy with him. But expanding beyond those two, so we have those two. Man, it really, so so much, I don't know, because, like, Bobby Massey kind of finally slightly solidified the right tackle spot, but that's because our bar is a little bit lower. He was good, but he wasn't great. But, but that's could, so much better than what we've had, and we don't want to risk great. not having it. Right. <laughs> he wasn't great. You could re-sign no. him super cheap and then draft a right tackle, because... Literally, yeah. out of all the things that we actually need on the offense, other than a quarterback, is the right tackle. We need a right tackle. I mean, a, 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 yeah, we need a right tackle. It's insane what we've been doing. Right tackle and edge rusher. Years. Oh, God, we need an edge rusher so bad. Maybe Von Miller. Hey, come back, homie. Hey, come on back. Yeah, two years, $34 million. That's probably what he's going to go Let's for. Let's do it. 
I'll take him back. I mean, what? It, so, as soon as he left us, what he had like seven sacks in seven games. I'm like, oh wow. What happened? No, there, I think buddy? he had he had like he had eight eight and a half sacks in nine games. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, it was something stupid. Some, something stupid. Yeah, it was something, something dumb. And I'm like, I was like, what? I was like, I dude was sleeping for. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his fault, but. He's still, um, I mean, it just shows he's still got it, you know, it's just... He's still got it, you saw the press conference, he's, he's, he basically said, like, I'm only here because it's a job, I'm always gonna be a Yeah, I mean, guy. he, he, he kind of changes what he says depending on which media he's talking to, he's very... Well, keen. yeah, I know, he's got he to... Talk, he mean, talks to the LA media saying what LA wants to hear, and then he talks to the Broncos media. Uh, of course, I mean, it's know, a bigger so. media down there than it is with us. Well, but Wait. a s- much smaller fan base. <laughs> uh, very small. Yeah, they got two teams on there. We barely got one team. Did you know? Uh, did you know? Out of the top ten cities, so there was a report about the the, the Super Bowl, yeah. where it had you know the cities that had the most uh, people that tuned into the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. The people watched it on TV. The cities, the top ten. Number one yeah. was Cincinnati, right? Of course. Because they have been there forever. L.A. What? L.A. was in the Super Bowl and they weren't even in the top ten. That's because they don't give a shit about anything. It's such but a themselves. bad fan base, dude. Such a you know you know who was you know you know which city was number two. I have no idea. Detroit. Oh, they want to watch their boy never. Stafford. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know they love their guy. They, they oh love yeah, guy. they're so happy for him. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure that I mean, because I mean, talk about a franchise that didn't put anything around the guy other than yeah. one. And you see, he gets out of there for one year, immediately wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, immediately uh, wins. Like, the Super oh, you Bowl. gave him like Cooper Cup. I was like, well, you gave him Cooper Cup. You gave him Robert Woods. You gave him o- eventually OBJ. OBJ. You got two good running backs on that team. I was like, for the most of Stafford's career in Detroit. You gave him Megatron. And then Megatron I mean, retired because he's like, I need to be. And then, and, then, well, and then name the rest <laughs> of them of what you had Nate Burleson for maybe a year. I think it's two and a half to three years, something like that. Yeah, Nate Burleson. You had what? No, you didn't even have Roy. No, I think he had Roy Williams for maybe one Yeah, you know, remember Titus Young from Boise State who went Yeah, didn't insane? he kill somebody? Something. Oh yeah, he was a great guy. He had one good of... year before he yeah, ended what, up going. Nuts, oh yeah, he nuts. started beating. Yeah, he started beating the hell out of women. That was what happened. I think he's in prison for like yeah, I think thirty or, years. Or may, he might even be in a mental hospital. I don't know. He, yeah, that guy kind of lost lost his marbles. Titus Young, dude. I think. Anyways, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk too. Especially we're at, we're we're at an hour seventeen, hour eighteen here. So I don't want to talk too much about Detroit. I just oh, yeah. have a fun fact. As far as the rest of the free agents, the only ones that I would get? really care to re-sign, Melvin Gordon is really hit or miss for me because of the because I want Pookie to be number one. I think he'll still two, be number one. Yeah, and I think number two, Gordon. If he's cheap, yeah, I'm just, totally. I'm all for it. If he's if he's not if he's not expensive, I'd even two take for ten. Philip Lindsay back. I hate me. Could, um, could go could go Philip Lindsay, dude. Yeah, but I think I and honestly, he might be a better compliment to Pookie because of the difference in styles. But True. not going to get into that either. That's that's for a future episode. Uh, we'll talk about other other teams' free agents in a future episode. Um, 
But the other guy is Kareem Jackson. Oh, man, dude. Kareem Jackson Kareem guy Jackson. don't want to lose, but I think he's gone, dude. I think he is, but I don't want him to be. I think we might be looking at the Caden Stearns era. Um, I think Jamar so. Jamar Johnson, Caden Stearns. Yeah. But I do. hope, I, I hope if they can bring him back on a team-friendly deal like they did last year, please do it. Please do it. I mean, he was yeah, still dude. doing it. He was still doing it this past year, man. I mean, to me, he was I mean, still doing I, it. They'll say like, they'll say, you know, they'll they'll say like, you know, like the heart and soul of the defense is through Justin Simmons. I'm like, and I get that. Just, I love Justin Simmons, obviously. Hey, like, it is, know, but, but not the tenacity, but, bro. Like, you got to understand, dude. I grew up with Steve Atwater, dude. Like oh, I, I want yeah. I want to see somebody's helmet fly off, dude. <laughs> That's Cream yeah, Jackson. And Cream Jackson, he dude, he knocks his own teammates' helmets off, dude. I'm like, I like this guy. It's funny he was a corner. He tackled. So he tackled. He ta- Yeah, for the Texans. I was like, dude, he yeah. tackled his own coach. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I always like oh, it's always like Romanowski, just an absolute psychopath. Psychopath, yeah. Anyways, I think that's gonna that's that's about gonna do us. Uh definitely don't wanna push an hour thirty now. So think Not about an hour thirty. It, it's it's hour. been it's been a wild four or five, six months, however long it's been. I mean, I don't even know how long it's been since we uh got one of these recorded, but it's been wild and man, I'm just there's going to be a lot happening in the next two months, man. Not letting, these next two months are going to tell a lot about the Broncos organization and what's going to end up happening. So, oh, for sure. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I will say one more thing. If we can and get them on the cheap, it's not going to be cheap because we we got to get rid of, you know, Fuller, maybe even um, Bryce Callahan. If we can, for some reason, get J.C. Jackson – yeah, I, could, I don't know. Gonna... I know there's a lot of weird talk about that. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think he's gonna. I don't. I don't think they're gonna end up letting him go. Well, they're gonna have to pay him like four years, seventy-four million. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna pay him, or they're gonna tag him. Oh, they'll, oh, they'll tag him. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, I mean, certainly if he was available, Ooh, absolutely, Mister Mister uh, Int, dude. Yeah, absolutely, if he's available, I will but... take him forever. Yep. Anyways, uh, thank you for to you listeners for tuning in. Um, I understand that uh, it's been a while. We apologize for that. But thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, obviously, give us a like, subscribe, a share. That always helps. Um, and uh, yeah, from Ian, from Kevin, from myself. Thanks for listening to Deep Bronx Podcast. We're out.